real sports talk for real sports fans. Swing it a man. Slam dunk. Touchdown. Sports. It's Jimmy B and TC. Oh, yeah. The word you're looking for is wow. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody, welcome. It is our second hour, and coming up in a little bit, Adam Rittenberg, ESPN College Football, will join us. And then following that, Tom Cakert, Hawkeye Report, uh, will have some fun with Tom as well. He's out in Las Vegas, and he's been going to some of the NBA Summer League games. Trent, have you uh, taken a peek at any of them, just to check in on some of the top players? No, not not longer than probably two minutes. I it just Oh, okay. Does it do Doesn't it for do it me? For you? No, Jimmy B. Yeah. It really doesn't. You know, I like basketball. I I like the NBA, even though I like to give you a hard time about it from I, time I to time. But yeah. I just I can't do it. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't mean anything. Hmm. Uh, the overreactions that come from it bother me. All right, right. now Marvin Bagley is terrible. Uh, Trey Young can never become a good player. We're talking about summer league <laughs> yeah. basketball here. It just I know the I overreaction know. to this it drives me crazy. I, I'm with you on that. Um, I did watch some of Boston last night because Jared Utah, former Hawk, is uh, trying to stick with the Celtics or uh, play well enough where somebody else would sign him to a contract. Sure, and he's doing he's doing pretty well, Trent. I mean, he's bigger. He looks even faster than what he did in college, and uh, and he had a, a real nice performance. I know he scored in double figures last night, so maybe we'll ask Tom Caker a little bit about that. But mm-hmm. you know me, I, I I just try to check in on on players from you and I from Iowa and Iowa State as well. I just try to keep track, see how they're doing. Well, Jim, as you mentioned that, I know. Devin Marble's also been playing, I believe, with the 76ers. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And Aaron yeah. White's also trying to make his way back. You got your, uh, you, you know the NBA a little bit better than me. Of those three guys, if you had to make a bet, who would be betting on playing the most games in the NBA this year between Utah, Marble, and White? Um, I think Aaron White might have the best chance. Hmm. Um, I think I think the Washington Wizards still have his rights. I, I could be wrong on that, okay. but I still think so. But he has really improved his game uh, playing in Europe. He was on a championship team, and I don't think the six the Sixers the uh, uh, Wizards uh, are going to be you know a dominating team. They they have picked up Dwight Howard now in in the center <laughs> spot. I don't think I don't know how much that's going to help. But look, it's a it's a wing game. It's it's guys who are big big guys like like what he is at six nine six ten. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the three effectively. He can rebound. He can defend. He can run the floor. So yeah, I would I would give White that just that upper hand, just because a if his rights and I and I I think I'm still correct on that are still held by the Wizards. I think he'll get a pretty good look with them. I really do. Well, Jimmy B, that's going on. NBA Summer League, baseball's happening. And and mentioned as we were finishing up our conversation with Ian Castleberry, the possibility Mm -hmm. of Tampa getting a new stadium. That's something that obviously is needed. There's no doubt. But, Jimmy B, the deeper you look into this, all it is is blueprints. There is absolutely no funding. They haven't figured out how it's going to be paid for. The price tag on this is about... $900 $900 million, you know, just a shade under a billion. Million, and the team yeah. said they're willing to invest about $150 million of that. Look, this seems to be a non-starter. A great idea. 
Tampa, I mean, isn't it time for them to move on, to find a place that makes a lot more sense? If, if you had the choice and you can move them anywhere that you want, Jimmy B., mm. where would you like to see the Tampa Bay Rays go? Wow, that's a really good question. Uh, I'm just trying to think of cities that aren't inundated with Major League Baseball teams. Um, See, Sacramento, to me, would be an ideal spot, but you have the Giants and A's who cultivate Sacramento uh, for fans. But I thought Sacramento, because all they have is the NBA team, they don't even have a major university, UC Davis, in Sacramento. That's, that's it. So to me, that would be good. Uh, on the West Coast, Portland, probably. Yep. Probably, but, but Seattle cultivates Portland because it's about a two-and-a-half-hour drive between the cities. But I can see that. Um, and then you move more into the midsection of the country. <sighs> Boy, Des Moines would be fun. Oh, uh, too bad. I <laughs> know uh, that's not going to happen. I I know. I know. Omaha'd be fun. Uh, that's not going to happen. No. She's. Um, I don't know, Trent. I mean, you know, you're you're really. New Orleans? No, they're not. They have they have basketball and football. That's all they can do. Oklahoma City. Yeah. Vegas. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Vegas. Awfully hot in the summer, though. That's why you put it's a dome hotter. over it's, it. Air conditioning, well, yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to have an indoor stadium. But then, is, big, is Vegas big enough to support? Because they got football coming. Mm-hmm. So they'd have hockey, football, and baseball, all three. I'm not sure if they're big enough to support all three, to be honest with you. Wouldn't it be more important, though, to have the traveling fan bases that come in? Hey, you know yes, what? Yes, that is true. The yeah. Cubs are playing in Vegas. What are we oh, going to do? Oh, boy. The yeah. buddies all yeah. take a flight, and here we go. Away we go again. Whoever yeah. it may be, you make that trip out there every single year. When that happens, it's not about you know filling it with 20, 25, 30,000 local fans, but what you can bring from the other side. And that's why I think Vegas certainly would make a lot of sense. I like Portland. I've always liked that city and, and the possibility, though you mentioned Seattle and its proximity. Right. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I know for a lot of people, the the sentimental choice is Montreal because of what happened with the strike year of 1994, how good that team was. But, Jim, I know the stadium stunk, but they didn't support them. They didn't support that squad, even with the stadium that they had. I, I, I struggle, really do, to see that city getting behind professional baseball at a high enough level that's one that it's not a non-starter, but I certainly would have to be convinced on Montreal. I think they're too French. Too French for baseball. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I, I just think that it's a hockey town, and the language is split in Montreal. It's not like you know Toronto or you start moving west to Calgary, Edmonton, British Columbia, those places. I just I just think the the language issue changes everything there, and I and you're right they they just did not support it, and they do in they do in Toronto, but uh, but that's 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 much different. I I'm with you, Trent. I I was trying to think. I know that people in Charlotte they they would be interested, but then Charlotte has three teams with if it's baseball, football, and basketball. 
it probably is big enough to support. It's almost, what, two and a half, three million people now in Charlotte, and that's in that area. What about Raleigh-Durham? They only have hockey. Raleigh-Durham. You, you know better than me, Jimmy B. I, I do not know that area at all. You do, I know. You, yes. You can answer that question better than I can. I have no idea. There's a, a lot of folks live there in the triangle, and... And and uh, Greensboro is only an hour drive straight across. Uh, it's the busiest uh, freeway in the country, uh, some people say. I'm not buying that. I think freeways in L.A. are probably the busiest, but uh, <laughs> they, they, like, they like to brag that point. Okay. Um, because people live in Greensboro, Winston-Salem, and they drive into Raleigh all the time. I, to me, all they have is the NHL, and they have all the colleges there. But baseball could, I think, I think baseball could prosper. Now, you would get backlash from the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles because they like to claim that as their territory. But Raleigh-Durham is a big enough area. It's probably got two million people in it where they could easily support a Major League Baseball team and an NHL team pretty easily. And the weather's good, too. Jim, from uh, that story to the local story of the day, Iowa State football has new uniforms, Jim. I uh, I said at the top, I don't like the black uniforms. I don't think they look good. I don't think they scream Iowa State. It's not about me. It's about 16 to 22-year-old guys. I, I get that. But for me personally, I just don't think that it's a good look. As bad as I think the black ones are, though, the white ones are absolutely outstanding. They knock those ones out of the park. But, you know, I was just uh, talking during the break here to a Cyclone fan in the building, and one of the things he mentioned to me was, you know, we've been hearing about all this work that Nike's doing, and they're working so closely with Nike, and, and Nike's making them a priority, and not a whole lot changed. You, you took the, mm-hmm. the stripes off the shoulders. You changed a little bit with the neckline, but overall... There wasn't a whole lot of wow factor to this for, for everything that's been talked about for the last two years. <laughs> I know that you are the uh, self-proclaimed czar of uniforms, and, and I get it. Um, look, I, for me, it's, it's a non-starter because I don't care. Uh, as, as long as they got a number on their back and I can identify them, I'm, I'm good to go. Uh but do you think they look? I, I, do you think the black uniforms I, look good? I, I, I'm looking at them right now here. I I don't know. I guess I. They look boring. You can say it, Jim. Like, Your psycho like, fans like won't the, get mad at you. You can say it, Jim. No, no. I I'm not a big fan of them. I think I like the white ones better. Yes, those are great. Yeah, the black uniforms stink. Let's be honest, they stink. And, and for every Cyclone fan that says you love them, you actually don't love those things. You love them because you think that student-athletes will love them. Don't lie. Those yes. things, they're not good-looking uniforms. They're just not. And Matt Campbell, for all the positive things, his affinity for the color black, what is this all about? I, I'm not one of those people that say, hey, you have, to st- you have to stand by your school colors and that's it. No, I don't believe that at all. But black, okay. just for the case of black, I don't get it if it was something different if it was the i the gray ones the i was fine with those now they were difficult to see and i didn't like that part of it the, but the the numbers were difficult to right see, yes. but they they were something different they were something to stand out this is just black uniforms because matt campbell likes the color black i just 
There was no wow factor with it. That's what I struggle with. The whites are sharp. The blacks, a big myth from me. Do you like the way they look? That's all I'm asking, Jim. Do you I like, like the white, yeah. No, no, the black. You don't, do you like the way the black uniforms look? I'm not, I'm not in love with it. How's that? Thank you. Thank you. That's all. Yes, not in love with it. But, I'm, but, but, it, but if I can see the numbers when you're up in the press box, if I can see the numbers, I'm okay with it. If I can't see the numbers, like on those gray ones, you, it's difficult to see the six and the eight. Yeah, yeah. So from or a nine, that that sort of that sort of scenario. If that's the case, Trent, then I'm not down with it at all. I got to see those numbers. I'm with you, and and I, that's also a concern that I kind of saw was how difficult are those going to be to see? Are they going to pop? You need that. You need uh, to see, and and yeah, you know, that's yeah. That's also a piece. There we are, July 10th, the day that jerseys dominated <laughs> the conversation on the show. Well, we are going to change that coming up, and we're going to talk some real college football with Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com. He's going to join us coming up on the other side. Lots to get into. We'll talk Big 12 football with him. We'll talk some Big 10 rule changes. And one of the quietest off-seasons I can remember, Jim, in college football in a long time, no expansion talk, couple rule changes, and that's been it. And that's probably a good thing for college football. I would say so. Look, if I was a head coach or an AD, I'm loving life that my conference isn't falling apart. I'm good with that, Trent, right now. We are coming back. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com. He's our next guest as we're with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Then Tom Kakert from the pool in Vegas. He's out there. For the NBA Summer League, we'll talk about that. We'll talk some DJ Carton with him. All to come with you for the next 45 minutes. Jimmy B and TC on 1700. Hey, it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney, giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Boom! Since 1980, Christopher's Gold and Rare Coins has been Central Iowa's trusted local source for precious metals, rare coins, currency, and estate jewelry. Christopher's can help you invest in gold or silver and start or sell a coin collection. If you're looking for top value on family heirlooms, diamond and precious gem jewelry, or luxury watches, Christopher's trained staff will provide the information you need to sell with confidence. Christopher's Gold and Rare Coins, south of Douglas on Merle Hay Road or at Christopher'sRareCoins.com. Saturday, July 14th, come out to Lions Park in Altoona. Help us support the athletes from the Special Olympics of Iowa at the third annual Responding for Heroes softball tournament. Opening ceremonies start at 8.30, with the first pitch to be thrown at 8.50. For more information, visit our Facebook page, Responding for Heroes Softball Tournament. All proceeds raised goes to the Special Olympics of Iowa. Come out, have fun, Saturday, July 14th, and help us support this great cause. Third annual Responding for Heroes Softball Tournament. Sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from Unmet Expectations... We overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. 
I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian roofer roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. By the time that we got up there, his room was filled with smoke. The wind had blown and drifted the snow up against the side of my house, blocking the exhaust from my furnace. I heard the smoke alarm going off in my friend's apartment. Without the kid's smoke alarm, my son would not be here today. Had it not been for that carbon monoxide detector, they would come to school and not have their teacher there. I grabbed my fire extinguisher and put out the fire. Kinemakes technology that saves lives. Get these essential products at Menards. The Easter Seals Iowa Sunnyside Regatta is July the 19th at Easter Seals Iowa Camp Sunnyside, 401 Northeast 66th Street in Des Moines, beginning at 2.30. Businesses compete in paddle boat races for the Regatta Cup and bring cheering squads from their organizations to compete for the Sunnyside Spirit Award. Learn more about the event and sponsorship opportunities by going to easterseals.com backslash Iowa backslash get involved. All right, welcome back as we continue on. Jimmy B and TC taking you up until 6 o'clock tonight. And though it is the long summer months, we're getting closer and closer to football season. Next week, we get SEC, Big 12 Media Days. Week after that, the Big 10, and a whole lot in between. Joining us to talk college football right now from ESPN.com, it's Adam Rittenberg. Ritt, how's the summer going? It's going great, Trent, as you mentioned. Finally, uh, talking season is, is close and close upon us. I'll be in Atlanta for part of SEC. I'll be in Charlotte for all of ACC, and then obviously seeing you at the Big Ten Media Day. So an exciting time of year after a long and mostly boring offseason. <laughs> boring can be good for some people, uh, coaches, players. They like boring. Uh, for us in the media, though, it is a little bit different. You know, for years, it seemed like every summer, all right, here comes a new story about expansion. And then I can fill the airtime talking about that, and you can fill the space online talking about that. We really haven't had those off-season topics. You know, a couple of things that we've we've talked with you in the past, the rule changes, guys getting able to play up to four games and maintain their redshirt status. But one of the quieter off-seasons that you can remember in your tenure? Without a doubt, especially you know, in relation to recent years, you mentioned realignment, which seemed to dominate several off-seasons. There were some not-so-great stories in college football, you know, Baylor and some of those other pieces um, that, that surfaced in off-seasons that you don't want to see. Um, but, but, yeah, this, this off-season, aside from those rule changes, which are very important rule changes, I know we've talked about them, especially the, uh, the redshirt rule, which every coach I talk to seems to rave about. Um, other than that, it has been quiet, but you know, that's going to change here as we get closer to the season. A lot of storylines around the country – uh, quarterbacks, new quarterbacks, uncertain quarterback situations, a lot of new coaches at key spots. So uh, that, that, should, that should ramp up the discussion here in the next few weeks. Well, before we get into some X's and O's and some questions with teams and conferences, one question that is off the field, but I, I think is going to be a question you're going to hear a lot about with these media days, and that pertains to gambling. As it's become legalized in a couple of states, more and more are going to be able to come aboard uh, with it down the line. 
How much is that going to to change maybe some of the questions that are out there that you expect to hear here? And what kind of impact do you believe gambling is going to make to college football? Well, I think it'll be really interesting, certainly to vary state to state, but you know, there's some reports out there already about the potential for injury reports. Injury mm-hmm. reports obviously have a direct connection to gambling. It's something that coaches at, at least at the college football uh, in college football have guarded extremely closely. You know, some Big Ten teams have sort of put out quasi-injury reports, and, and they don't say a whole lot. But um, if that becomes mandatory, it'll be very interesting to see how these teams and, and coaches react because uh, it has been you know, distress, discretionary to this point, and almost everybody has chosen to reveal very, very little about injuries leading up to a game. Um, yeah, obviously, there, there's been uh, tremendous effort in the past to limit you know, involvement in gambling with you know, players who go into any locker room any NCAA sport and she signs up about uh, no gambling and the consequences for that. So I don't think that's going to change. But I think the injury aspect and sort of the external uh, piece of how much are we going to know more about these teams and these uh, games before we choose to wager on them, uh, that's going to be very interesting to see how people react. Adam Rittenberger is our guest, ESPN College Football, here on the Big Talker 1700. Adam, this is an an off-the-wall story, but I know I can throw it at you because I saw it today. Uh, Phil Savage, who was a longtime broadcaster for Alabama, is now the general manager in the new Alliance Football League out in Phoenix. And I just saw that Joe Pendry, working with Nick Saban as an advisor, is now going to take over in Birmingham. Is, is this something that we're going to see some of these new leagues in the NFL spring up? They're going to uh, like go after older veteran-type guys in college football? Yeah, it's already happening. If you look at the Alliance Football League, I mean, some of the coaches that are going to be in that uh, league, you know, Steve Spurrier, um, Mike Riley, who actually, you know, the former Nebraska and Oregon State coach, had gone back to Oregon State to be an assistant on new coach Jonathan Smith's staff. Now he's left to become, I believe, the new coach in San Antonio. I could be wrong on the city. Um, you know, Rick Neuheisel, who does a lot of radio work for Sirius, you know, he, he's going to be uh, overseeing uh, one of those teams. So I think that's certainly a, an option. I mean, it's basically a, a six-month-a-year job with a pretty good salary. And you know, you know those coaches, they never lose the competitiveness. They want to be around the game. And so it does create some opportunities for those guys who maybe don't want to do it year-round at the pace that they had done it in the past, but, but still want to be around the sport. Adam Rittenberg joining us. Adam, let's get into uh, a little bit on the conferences as you prepare for media days. And, well, your old landing spot as you uh, used to work exclusively in the Big Ten, now at the national level across college football. You know, there, there appears to be a pretty clear tier at the top. The four teams from the east, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, and then the one from the west in Wisconsin up there. What would it take? Do you, do you see a realistic scenario where, be it Iowa, Northwestern, maybe even Purdue, can get into that tier? Or do you think it is pretty clear-cut, it's a top five in everybody else in the league? Yeah, you know, I, I think the interesting thing, Trent, is that Wisconsin has a significantly harder crossover schedule this year, meaning their, their games in the other division include road games at Michigan, which should be an improved team, even though they beat them last year. And at Penn State, you know, the Big Ten champion in 2016, you know, a top, uh, arguably top five, certainly top ten team from last year that won the Fiesta Bowl. So they have to win those two road games, um, possibly, 
if, if someone puts pressure on them in the division. If Wisconsin can sweep its division matchups, uh, it's going to be awfully hard to keep them out of the Big Ten title game, even if they lose both of those. But it does create a little bit more drama. Now, whatever that other contender is has to take care of business in their own crossover games. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I know Northwestern has Michigan State again on the road. I don't have Iowa's crossover schedule in front of me, but uh, that, that's where it can kind of come into play. Wisconsin clearly the class of the West Division. They should have their best offense guys since Russell Wilson was there in 2011. Defensively, they've been a perennial top-10 defense. They have quite a few holes to fill, however, especially along the defensive line. Not a lot of depth there, and the secondary is almost a, a new-look group, especially at the cornerback Western close that gap. Can Iowa, can Nebraska, can someone else? It's going to take a lot of work uh, to, to, to uh, unseat Wisconsin atop the West Division. You know, it's it's interesting. It's like Wisconsin and then everybody else. The uh, odds came out from the Las Vegas Superbook. Uh, the Hawkeyes in Nebraska are 40-1 to 1, uh, in Vegas in the Big Ten for the West, uh, with Wisconsin, of course, being the, the top team there. Will you be surprised with Nebraska's schedule if indeed they can even make it to six and six? You know, I think Scott Frost is going to have an improved effect on this team. You know, maybe later in the season, but you know, their schedule, as you mentioned, is challenging. Non-conference is challenging. Even a game like Troy, uh, that's a really good Troy team that beat LSU on the road last year. I spoke with Neil Brown, their coach, actually earlier this week, and he's excited about what they can do, even though they lost some key pieces on offense you know so so their non-conference schedule not easy and then you know, their crossover schedule you know including you know road game against ohio state that's almost certainly a loss you got a road game against northwestern in the division you got i believe wisconsin is on the road i know wisconsin has to go to iowa so yeah it's going to take a lot for nebraska i, I would you know, i would probably put a iowa a notch above uh, above the huskers because of their coaching continuity the fact they have a quarterback returning and Nathan Stanley, they have some good pieces. They're going to have to find a little bit more explosiveness in the passing game and then replace some really good defensive players, a linebacker, and in the secondary. But uh, I think Iowa has a better chance to challenge Wisconsin this year than, than, than does Nebraska. Over to the Big 12, we'll let you go with this. Adam Rittenberg joining us from ESPN and Oklahoma, clear cut right there. You know, Cyclone fans are wondering, can they be the team after what they did last year, upsetting TCU, upsetting Oklahoma in those two victories? Can they take that next step? Who do you like it after Oklahoma this year, your second choice out of the league? Yeah, it's really interesting, Trent. You know, I think that league maybe with the exception of Kansas, has the most parity between the top to bottom. Even Oklahoma this year, when they lose the Heisman Trophy winner in Baker Mayfield, I know everyone's excited about Kyler Murray and and the running backs and some of the pieces they have returning, but their their defense doesn't blow me away by any means. I think the the race for number two could be several teams. You can make a case for uh, a Texas team. I think that that defensively it it may be the most talented in in the league. They obviously have to get a lot better on, on offense. I think TCU is always going to be right there. Oklahoma State, I would never count them out. Um, and then you never know. Maybe you know Iowa State team can rise up. I, you know, I talking to Matt Campbell a little bit this offseason. He said you know they, they learned how to win last year, but now can they handle more of the expectations and, and, and the fact that people you know, don't expect them to be near the bottom of the conference. They expect them to do some of the things they did last year. They had some really good running backs returning, some other good players. They do lose some so some key spots as well, but I really think it's wide open 
I actually spoke to Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, yesterday about this. It's really wide open, including Oklahoma. They do not look, to me right now, nearly as dominant without Baker Mayfield as they did entering last season. Interesting. Good stuff as always, Adam. Thank you for your time, and uh, you have a great rest of your week, man. Thanks. Okay, guys, you too. Appreciate you having me on. There you go, Adam Rittenberg, ESPN College Football, here on the Big Talker 1700. Yeah, I saw those odds, Trent, and I just mm-hmm. found them interesting. You know, with, with Iowa at 40-1, to 1, and then in the uh, Big 12, the Cyclones and K-State were 25-1. to 1. I kind of thought that K-State would be rated above Iowa State, didn't you? Well, you know, Jim, that's been the team that I've been targeting here the last couple of yep. weeks as I've started to dig in. I, I really like Kansas State maybe to be that surprise team to make a run. But remember, Jim, when you're putting those bets down, it's not about being a surprise team. It's not getting to the title game. It's about winning the whole thing and winning the conference title. And that's what makes it so increasingly difficult you know, for Iowa State to get in there and you put down 100 bucks at 25 to 1 and you're feeling good. Well, it's not just getting there. It's not making your way down and peeking on Oklahoma. Then you got to beat them. you, you got to beat them maybe for a second time if they get them early in the season. That's what makes this exercise difficult when you're, you're going with some of these long shots. And it's the same thing for Iowa. Not only do you have to get through the path and more than likely beat mm-hmm. Wisconsin, maybe beat Penn State, do what you have to do in those circumstances, but then you have to beat whoever comes out of the East. And Michigan State, they returned 19 starters from a team that won 10 games last year. Michigan... Yeah has one of the best defenses in the country back, and they believe they have a quarterback now in Shea Patterson. Of course, Ohio State, if they get the Buckeyes, you'd have to beat the Buckeyes for the second consecutive year. Jim, tell me the last time that's happened, because it's certainly not in my lifetime the last time I would beat Ohio State <laughs> in back-to-back years. I'm with you on that. When you said that, I'm like scratching my head. Man, was I alive? I'm just trying to, and I've been on the planet a long time, Trent, as you know. Right. Golly, I I gotta look that one up. I know it's not in any in the in twenty years at least, right? Well, certainly no, no, not not in my thirty eight years on this planet. I know. Okay, it has never happened okay. before. Uh, Iowa has had a winning streak against the Buckeyes. I looked it up. I'm a lot quicker than you are. Okay, yes, you are. They had a you're winning much more streak. skilled at that. Now yes. you're going to have to help me out with this one. Uh, I believe it was Howard Jones was the coach of the Hawkeyes. If my history is correct. 1922 and 1923, the Hawkeyes back to back. Yes, yes, I remember reading about that in the newspaper <laughs> when papers were popular. <laughs> a 12 to 9 win in 1922. Yes, Howard Jones was the coach. Look at that. And uh, wow. then they come back in 1923 and knock off the Buckeyes in Columbus, 20 to nothing. In fact, back to back years they had to play in Columbus. Well, all these games early on were in Columbus. What the hell was going on? No wonder. I mean, unbelievable. There, there's no wonder that the series is 83-21. to 21. They played all the games in Columbus. Oh, not everyone, but, but it's, it felt like it. And some ugly, ugly moments in there as well. But we will always have 55-24. to 24. That will live on. Yes, you will. For a yep. long, long time. Well, Jimmy B., we're going to take a break. Speaking of those Hawkeyes, we're going to talk a little Hawkeyes on the other side. Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com. He's up next year as we take you up until 6 o'clock. It's Jimmy B and TC. All right, everybody, welcome back. As advertised, Tom Caker at Hawkeye Report is our guest, but he is not hanging out in the state of Iowa. He is being a degenerate like my broadcast partner, and he is in beautiful Lost Wages, Nevada. 
hanging out, having a great time, calling us from the pool, and he's been watching NBA Summer League. All right, Tom, I know we're going to do Hawkeyes here in a little bit, but since you went to some of these games, how enjoyable was it watching that top young talent? I'll tell you, it, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, lived up to the expectations. It, it's just really relaxed. I, I brought my uh, soon-to-be 14-year-old son with me, and it was kind of his trip. He wanted to go to Summer League for a couple of years, and it just worked out that, that we could get away. Uh, so we're, you know, staying at the MGM, and uh, last two days we've spent uh, basically from – Noon, uh, when they have the first game until, uh, eight to ten o'clock at night over at the Thomas and Mac or the Cox Pavilion, uh, watching, uh, basketball. So we've got to see everybody. I mean, it's been, uh, in fact, uh, Sunday we walked in and a guy from the NBA gave us some passes to go to this Legends Lounge and we ended up, uh, meeting Adam Silva. So it's been hmm. kind of a crazy trip. That's awesome that you met the NBA commissioner. You know, it's, it's fun. It's a fun trip. Uh, there are a lot, there's a lot of star power in Vegas for these games. A lot of the regular players show up, uh, to watch the young guys play. Just in, just in watching, did you get a chance to see any of Boston and Jared Utah, the former Hawk? We did. We saw him yesterday. Uh, saw about, oh, half to three quarters of his game. Uh, and, uh, he looked, uh, really good. I think he ended up with 16 points that game. He's played really well. Got to see Devin Marble play yesterday. He had 10 okay. points. Uh, played really well. Uh, Aaron White's been out here. Uh, got to visit with YD the other day. He looks like it. he's probably going to end up signing with the Wizards. Uh, he's got to decide by July 20th whether he's going to go back to uh, play with uh, uh, Zagaris, the, the Lithuanian team, or if he's going to play with the Wizards this year, and it looks like, just based on talks to him, it's kind of like he wants the Washington thing to work out, so may get uh, another, uh, get a player in the NBA this year from Iowa. Well, uh, one of those guys that we might see in a couple of seasons in the Summer League is DJ Carton from your stomping grounds when you're not well, doing your thing in Vegas, back home in the Quad Cities. <laughs> so Sunday night, he makes his announcement, he's cutting his list down to three and the Hawkeyes weren't involved. Tom, talking with you, reading through the tea leaves, kind of the cryptic messages that you, you've left us here over the last couple of weeks, it felt like it was trending this direction. It did. Um, in fact, I kind of heard, you know, pretty much officially, uh, about 24 hours ahead of time uh, from somebody close to, to DJ. And uh, so I you know, written a piece, and basically uh, what they told me was, you know, you look at what he's, he has said all through the process, that, uh, and, and it ends up that Iowa just picked a really bad time to have a really bad year. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they may have been able to stay in contention uh, for him. I don't know that they would have gotten him. I think, he's, I think if you, if you, uh, you know, told me, hey, uh, you've got to walk into uh, one of these fine establishments out here and they put a betting lineup, uh, who would you put money on right now? I would put money on Michigan. I think that's uh, mm-hmm. where he's been favoring for a little little while, and it's 
uh, getting clearer and clearer. And unless one of these blue bloods comes in fairly early on in July, I think he's probably going to end up committing Michigan fairly soon. Uh, Tom, just the basketball team in general, no uh, summer league this time around. It's it's done uh, with the difference in the way teams now can practice and that sort of uh, thing. And, and still the talk. I mean, I know there's hope for Hawkeye fans that they just don't win four games again in the Big Ten. And But can you wrap your arms around this team improving that much? where they could become a possibility of an NCAA team, or is that still pie in the sky? I, I think there there is a possibility for it, uh, but it's going to start defensively. They've got to go from being a horrific defensive team to just an average defensive team, which I, mm-hmm. I'm not asking them to be a great defensive team. I think they've got the potential to be a really, really good offensive team when you look at guys uh, like Tyler Cook back and Cordell Pencil, we slim down Cordell Pencil, and uh, and then you've got uh, Jordan Bohannon, and and I think you know we can't underestimate the addition of Joe Camp and what he's going to bring to the table offensively. Uh, I think they've got a chance to be a really good offensive team, but it's just going to come down to can they get stopped? If they can get stopped and become average, they could end up being, you know. Uh, I don't know, you know, 12, 14 win team in uh, the Big Ten Conference. And, you know, that would probably get you to 20, 21 wins uh, overall. And if they can do that, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. Tom, uh, as you go through and you look at this squad, I know you had an opportunity to talk with some of the guys a week ago. Yeah. Cordell Pemsel looking very skinny, losing even more weight than he did from a year before. Uh, we've heard a lot of talk about you know, the work that they've been doing through uh, the weight room throughout this off season. Were you able to see that up close? Yeah, a little bit. I, I don't think it's anything, you know, drastic other than Pemsel. You can see it in his physique, in his body, uh, that he has slimmed down. He's got more definition in his upper body. But beyond that, you know, it's uh, Tyler Cook still looks big and strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Bear, for the most part, still looks kind of skinny. <laughs> uh, Jordan Bohannon looks about the same. I don't, you know, maybe they they just will will look stronger on the court or be able to play stronger. They've got maybe more core strength. But uh, I don't know that they're going to have a whole lot more powerful. Where it's going to, you're going to look at it and think, "Boy, this is like a guy entering a Schwarzenegger bodybuilding contest." I've not seen that at all. <laughs> Tom Cakert is our guest, Hawkeye Report, and we're hanging out with him while he relaxes in Las Vegas, Nevada. Tom, take me to football and. When Manny Regumbo says, okay, I'm out of here, I dropped on the depth chart, and so consequently I'm going to transfer. Um, you had did you, you had some wind of this earlier, right? So this is not uh, a stunner? Uh, it's kind of been floating out there for at least a week when he had a tweet that kind of popped up there. Um, right. That was kind of, and that's usually the, that's the warning sign, that's, you know, Guys don't, if they tweet and they're still on the roster and send an actual tweet out, uh, generally that means they are uh, approaching departure. So uh, it wasn't a, sh- a shock. He's just had 
you know, it, it's been weird because I think a year ago at this time, all of us thought he's the heir apparent, the next Desmond King. After what he did as a, a true freshman, you look back at that Michigan game where he made several big plays. Um, and he just, you know, he gets suspended uh, before uh, for the first game last year, never got on track all of last year, and it just seems like maybe a change, a change of scenery was uh, just, you know, kind of what he needs at this point in his career. Tom, uh, we've talked a lot about the guys that are still there, and you got you know, uh, uh, Hankins back after a nice true freshman season, Ojibudia, Trey Creamer emerging this spring, a redshirt freshman. You know a lot, obviously, about the recruits, DJ Johnson, highly regarded, Julius Brent. Is there one of those guys you have targeted, not just the staying within the four games and maybe redshirting, but a guy you expect to see out there as a true freshman this whole season? Oh, I would say DJ Johnson without without question. I think he's probably the the best of that bunch coming in, uh, most prepared uh, physically and mentally to probably do this. He's got a, he's a very mature kid, uh, so I would say Iowa fans probably should expect that DJ Johnson by the time we get to week one of the season against Northern Illinois, he's probably going to be in the two deep. Tom, it's interesting because checking out, and now that we're getting closer and closer to football, you start to pay a little more attention uh, to the non-conference schedule. Look, opening up with Northern Illinois is going to be no picnic. They're picked as one of the best teams in the MAC, and then it's the Cyhawks series, and we know what that one is going to bring with two teams that both believe they're going to be playing in, in ball games. So... I mean, the first couple of games here. This is this is going to be some uh, some some really good football, don't you think? Absolutely, I think uh, you know, people shouldn't sleep on uh, Northern Illinois. They're going to be very good. They've got uh, Sutton, their defensive end. The thing that held them back last year, I think, was probably quarterback play. They had a lot of injuries there, and I, I think they'll be ready to go uh, uh, this year. And they're going to be probably one of the top two or three teams in the the Mac, and then you know that uh, Matt Campbell is itching to get his first uh, win over Kirk Ferentz, so, uh, he, and he'd love to do that in Iowa City, and they've got all the weapons, you know, with Montgomery, Kyle Kemp back. I, I think they're primed to give Iowa a really good game in Iowa City, and it wouldn't be a shocker if, if uh, the Cyclones won that game, and you know, UNI is going to give them everything they've got, too. They, every year they do. Uh, the, the days of Iowa beating you and I 45 to zip are, are long gone. And, uh, you know, it might not be the, the, the thrill ride that was that 2009 game this year, but, uh, it, it could be pretty close and pretty competitive once again. Good stuff. Well, Tom, enjoy your pool time and safe travels back to Iowa. Thanks as always for your time today. Okay. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com joining us as we put a cap on things, Jimmy B. Always fun yep. talking with him and, uh, well, a little bit jealous as he's in Vegas and I always enjoy <laughs> my time there. But, well, I only got a day left here, Jimmy B. Tomorrow and then vacation on Thursday and Friday. And I can't trust you alone, so you get vacation too. You're the best, pal. You know, people always ask me, why do you like Trent so much? Now you see why. Because when he goes... I go. Now, you're gonna you're not gonna put me in the trunk of the car. I get to ride in the back seat, right? No, no, absolutely not. I am what? going I'm going to get away from you. What? That that's going to San Francisco what? to get as far away as possible, Jim Brinson. That's 
That's the oh, reason. I know. I worked in San Francisco. I can be the tour guide. No, 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 no. I need no? a break oh. from you. Oh, gosh. Okay. All it's okay. Right. That's all right. What do you got on tap Fair tonight, enough. Jimmy B? Uh, I'm going to do a little uh, baseball and, of course, some NBA Summer League. <laughs> so I've got that dialed in. Look, um, <laughs> like... Like a fool, I stayed up and watched some of the uh, the end of the Cubs Giants game mm-hmm. last night. So even though it went extra innings, Giants won. Uh, I'll still be dialed into that for late night TV, Trent. You know me, and I've I've really kind of gotten interested in in what's going on in the NBA Summer League just because uh, there's a lot of star power. I mean, guys that you and I watched a lot in college. Now trying to make that step to the big time. Well, you follow that for us, all right, Jim. I'll let you. I'll put you on that assignment. I'll be watching baseball tonight. We'll be back tomorrow here, starting at noon. Myself and Ken Miller from noon until two, and then Jimmy B and TC on your drive home from four until six o'clock. Thanks to everybody out there for listening once again. Enjoy your evening in sports.